Genesis, trying to apply it to your life, and we're into chapter 31. I think you'll appreciate this particular lesson as we apply a, I don't know, I'm going to say it's the, it's the approach that a particular person has taken, and actually it's doubled because another person takes the same approach. Ah, quit rambling, Sonny, just let the Bible speak, and so I will. Here are the five questions that... Uh, you are going to see us cover in the course of this short lesson. And so go ahead and screenshot that so that you can have it and you can move through the lesson with me. Got it? All right. In Genesis chapter 31, I would like to make this application. I'm going to the house. We in the south and northeast Arkansas especially, I noticed that uh, there, there's this phrase, I'm going to the house. And it often happens or is presented at the end of a busy day or when you're just tired of the conversation or you, you just got to get home or whatever. But I've noticed that it often goes with a finger waggle. I'm going to the house. And in that phrase, we find essentially what takes place in the mind of Jacob and in the mind of Jesus many years later. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 31 and verse 21, you find that Jacob is running away from Laban. Because Uncle Laban has not been right to him, and he's taken off, and he's, he's, he's headed home. And it says, he fled with all that he had, and he, rose and, he he rose and he crossed the Euphrates, and he set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. So he's got a goal in mind, and he sets his face. You've seen people do that. I remember back in the day when I played football. My buddy Greg remembers playing football. And, and there were times when, uh, for instance, you would... Uh, You'd be trying to tackle the other person, or I hated doing the sleds. Remember the sleds, Greg? And, and you had to get, you know, the coach would stand on top of that. And as he's standing on top of the thing, and you're supposed to be down there hitting the, the pads and driving the sled across the, the field, you know, he's up there griping at you and all that goes with that. And but you had to have a you had to have a face oftentimes when you're playing football that was kind of set your face, kind of grit your teeth, I I will, kind of a thing. Well, that's what's happening here. Jacob sets his face. He's determined. Now, many years later, because of Jacob and his lineage, we're going to get Jesus, the Messiah. And in Luke chapter 9, interesting passage, it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, so he's about to die, and he's going to go on to be with God, it says that he set his face to go to Jerusalem, speaking of Jesus. His distant ancestor, Jacob, back in the day, said, it said of him that he set his face. And Jesus, many years later, it says he sets his face. Now, the thing that's interesting, and I'm not going to be able to make all the applications here, but the thing that's interesting about this is that as they set their face to go, we're going to get to a particular place. There are a lot of hurdles in the way for them to get there. There's going to be a lot of treacherous moments, etc. Not the least of which for Jacob is going to be the encounter with his uncle Laban. And of course, when you come to Jesus and he sets his face to go to Jerusalem where he's going to be killed, he's wanting to get to a place where he can go up, be with God, and, uh, and he's going to have that ultimate experience. So whether this is talking about being taken up as far as the cross is concerned or being taken up as far as the ascension is concerned, either way, in order for him to get to the throne room of his father again, where he came from, he has to set his face to go through some difficult times. So I want to make some applications to this idea of, I'm going to the house. First application I would draw from this is that when you have this dedicated, I'm going to the house kind of mentality, and we all should, 
The first thing is make sure that while you're doing that or in that, that conviction that you draw those you love to go with you. The angel of God said to me in a, in a dream, Jacob, and I said, here I, here I am. And he's speaking to his wives. This is what took place. And he said, lift up your eyes and see all the goats that mate and the flocks that are spotted. And he says, basically, he says, I took care of you in that. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar. Remember that? Now arise and go from this land and return to your kindred. Then he says to Rachel and Leah, that's what took place, and they're going to respond to him. Is there any portion of our inheritance left for us in our father's house? Dad's not even treating us very good. Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us, etc., devoured our money. All the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do. And so Jacob and his two wives, they, they come to a conclusion. Jacob says, look, your dad is not treating me good. My God has taken care of me. If it hadn't been for my God, there's no telling what your dad would have done to me. And the girls chime in. They say, you know what? I'd seen that, Jacob. Dad hadn't treated us well either. Jacob said, my God said it's time to go home. Time to go to the house. And they, the girls, the, the wives, they say, we're with you, Jacob. And so I would suggest to you that number one application with this idea of going to the house, make sure that you draw those you love. We have the ultimate responsibility to prepare our families, not just ourselves, but prepare our families for the difficult days that are, that are to come. I don't know what God's going to ask of you and I to, to, to survive, to, to work through. And by the way, you don't either. As far as eschatology is concerned, that's the study of end times things. There's a lot of people who think they've got it all worked out. And I just, I'm just here to tell you, you don't. So the best way for us to approach eschatology is to always have an open mind to continue to learn. And number two, always be prepared regardless of the circumstances. It's basically... The, the lesson of the, of the virgins who were prepared and the virgins who were not prepared. We need to always be prepared because you don't have it figured out and I don't have it figured out. And so we should always be ready. And if not, even if you're confident that you're going to be out of here and God's going to take you out of here before any, anything real hits the fan, as they say, there are loved ones you know who aren't going. There are loved ones who are going to be here. And perhaps you're going to die before that point and your loved ones are still going to be here. You need to draw those who you love by the actions that you have. And the best way that you can do that is always be prepared for whatever. Don't arrogantly conclude that you've got it all figured out. But rather, submissively, humbly say to God, I don't know exactly what else. I feel like this is the direction that's going to happen. But even if it doesn't, Father, I am prepared. And I am preparing my people regardless to be faithful. Number two, the second thing that I, or principle I give to you with regards to I'm going to the house, it comes from Genesis 31, 25, then 36 and 42, only because I couldn't get the whole thing. And that kind of summarizes the context anyhow of what I want you to see. When the enemy overtakes you, don't forget the destination. Genesis chapter 31, verse, 30, verse 25, and Laban overtook Jacob. So Jacob takes his wives. They decide they're going to run away. And I believe Laban was away three days away. It was three days later whenever he finds out that Jacob. And so Laban gathers, gathers up his, his posse, as you would, and he is headed to get Jacob. I don't bring him back. That old boy ain't running away from me. And uh, so Jacob is going to be in a situation of, of risk. He, he's going to be concerned. He knows his, his uncle is not going to just let him walk away from this. Now, remember, 
you didn't just jump on a train. And he's got all the livestock, etc. It wasn't a, a fast process. He evidently has a three-day start on him. But Laban's only got one thing in mind, and that's to bring him back or punish him or whatever it may be. And so he's not driving his flocks, etc., etc. Laban's going to catch up with him, and he does. Verse 25. Then verse 36, then Jacob became angry. There's a conversation that happens in between here, etc., and Laban's making all kinds of excuses and blah, 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 and threats, etc. But then it says Jacob became angry with his uncle, and he berated Laban. And Jacob said to Laban a lot of stuff, but specifically he says this, If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. If God hadn't been with me, there's no telling what would have happened. Uh, but I know one thing. I, I wouldn't have anything. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Now, part of the story that we don't have here, you can read the whole chapter for yourself, but before Laban catches up to Jacob, God intervenes. And he, he, he appears to, to Laban in the night. And he says to Laban, he said, listen, don't, don't, be handled, don't do anything to my boy. Jacob's mine. And Laban gets the message. Laban does catch up with him. Laban does say some things to him. Uh, one of the things is he said, I could do you harm, but your God told me not to, so he couldn't have done him harm because God didn't want him to do. But the point that I'm trying to make here is we need to make sure that when the enemy overtakes us that we don't forget the destination. And it may be the most powerful of the applications we draw today because Believe me, I have been there, you have been there. When you're just so discouraged, when you're down and out, and it's just seeing like nothing's going right, you're trying your best, and yet it doesn't seem like that you're being blessed to see good outcomes from your efforts, etc., etc. It's it's the time when the devil recognizes you're you're weak and you're vulnerable, and he wants you to forget the destination. He wants you to give up on God. But God says, when the enemy catches up to you, Laban overtook Jacob, you stand firm. You stand firm in the recognition that I am still there in spite of the hurt, in spite of the pain, in spite of the threats. I'm still there. And just like Jacob is going to say, listen, it was the fear of Isaac and the, the love of my the, the God of my grandfather Abraham. That's what got me through all this. Don't forget your destination. Ultimately, the destination for Jacob was not really to get back to Canaan land. The ultimate destination was for him to get back or to one day be forever in the presence of God. That's the ultimate destination. And so we see here in this, the second application, when your enemy overtakes you, don't forget your destination. Just because there's threats, just because there's opportunity to compromise. Jacob could have said, okay, I'll go back. You know, don't do it. You keep your focus on the goal because I'm going to the house. Number three, honor your guard, your guide. Make sure that in the process of going to the house, you honor your guide. Genesis 31, 51 through 54, Laban and Jacob were basically going to make an agreement that they're not going to mess with each other in the future. And uh, this heap is a witness and a pillar is a witness that I will not pass over the heap to you and you'll not pass over the heap to, to me to do harm. The God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, the God of their father judge between us, he says. So, after all that agreement, Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac, and Jacob offered a sacrifice in the hill country and called his kinsmen to eat bread. They ate bread and spent the night in the hill country. Why would he offer a sacrifice? 
Well, he's already mentioned the God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Nahor. He's offering a sacrifice in honor of the guide. And there's probably no story in all of Scripture that is more vivid in its description of a man who was led by the guide than Jacob. I mean, as I've already told you, just about the rest of the story of the, of the book of Genesis is dominated by Jacob. And we're going to get off on a tangent a little bit towards the end with regards to Joseph. Now, how'd you get Joseph? Because of Jacob. And even Jacob's going to show up in, 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 the, in the end segment of the, of the book of Genesis. Jacob will show up again. And so Jacob's the main character. And one of the awesome, awesome themes, threads, if you will, of Jacob with regards to the book of Genesis, is watching him develop. Watching him go from a spoiled mama's boy to a seasoned, if you will, veteran of who God is and honoring the guide. Because Jacob, of all people, could say, God has guarded me. And remember, he leaves camp as a mama's boy, doesn't know what in the world to do. And he hadn't gone far, and he's going to have the vision, Jacob's Ladder. And God says, I'm going to be with you. And he's going to say, I'll bring you back to this spot. You be true to me. I'll be. 20 years later, he's going to come home. No indication that mama's still living. And so he may never have saw her again this side of eternity. But he's coming home because God said he would. And Jacob, although he was not a good guy on many occasions, Jacob did try to honor the guide. And in that process, the guide stayed with him. So let's review and I'll be done. I think it's in the next slide, actually. I'm going to the house. As that conviction comes to your mind, and it should, I'm going to the house. I want to go to be with the Lord. Make sure you take your loved ones with you. Do everything possible to make sure that you're inspiring your loved ones to make sure they're on the journey as well. When you have discouragements and the enemy overtakes you, don't forget the destination, the ultimate destination. Don't get distracted by the threats and the, comp the potential compromises that you can make, etc. And then lastly, make sure that in the entire process of I'm going to the house, you honor the guide. Because really and truly, he's the only one that can take you to the house. And once you get to the house, it's his house. And that's where you want to be for eternity. So do these three things as you resolve, I'm going to the house. Here are the five questions we attempted to cover in the course of that lesson. I think we got most of them in. If we didn't, look them up for yourself. Sonny Chow saying, be there, Matthew 16, 26.